know, Gio, every time I say we made it to this day, made it to this day, but man, I think I'm just happy I made it through the, through the weekend. So yeah, dude, you barely made it to the Tuesday. Oh God. I know like he has that we're maybe hoping for a Friday um, episode, which we did say on Thursday, we were going to make a prediction for the wildcard weekend and then nothing, nothing released. And then nothing yesterday either. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I came down with a little bit of a sickness and I don't know if you guys can tell by my voice, but I'm just about to recover here, but <clears throat> still not hundred percent yet, but uh, Gio basically forced me at gunpoint to come on. So I was like, yeah, I really have no choice this time. Hey, eh, Gio, what was it, like a Glock right. Glock or yeah. Yeah. It was uh, just a snub nose. You don't have to be that dramatic. Uh, it wasn't automatic or it was anything. One of his, so. like one of his Italian mafia rifles. Yeah, just take a yeah, just 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 a standard handgun. Um, you know, no silence or anything. So, you know, nothing too crazy. Just just your run of the mill. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, Aaron, uh, it's good to have you activated off of the IR. Um, although you'll definitely need to uh, long term IR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For well, based off our podcast schedule, it was kind of LTIR. Um, you know, for the past few days. But no, I'm glad we're back into it now and. Um, Honestly, Aaron, despite the fact we took a bit of a break here, um, I think it leaves us with a lot to talk about. Um, and to kind of start things off, this is a jam-packed episode, by the way, guys. We're going all over the leagues. Um, we're even crossing the Atlantic at one point. So uh, it's going to be a good one. But to start off, Aaron, I guess we'll, we'll kind of jump right into the most uh, breaking news, I guess you could say, or the most recent development in the sports world. Um is the Philadelphia Flyers in the NHL are um, wearing their LGBTQ support um, jerseys in their pregame warm-up. And their defenseman, Ivan Provorov, um, has declined to join the pregame skate and wear the jersey. However, he will take part in the game. Um, and just uh, before we jump into kind of our thoughts on it too, there also was a um, interview with um, with Ivan Provorov, who essentially stated that he, you know, respects everybody, but has chosen um, not to wear the jersey due to his religion, which is, um, as he stated specifically, is uh, is Russian Orthodox, um, which I guess has kind of in his his mind has um, has um, you know forced him not to wear it and. Um, just verbatim here, he says, quote, I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion um, regarding the the uh, controversy there. So, Aaron, I uh, guess we'll we'll toss the baton over to you to kind of start here. What uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Ivan Provorov's, um, I guess, decision here to to withhold or not participate rather? Yeah, well, I just kind of heard about this a few minutes before jumping on as I was busy beforehand. But based on what you had just told me um, verbatim and just listening to his clip beforehand, I mean, what else do you want him to say, right? Like, I think he handled that interview perfectly in terms of him giving that. You know what? People might not like it. And I think a lot of people are not going to like it. But it's one of those things where it's like he said all the right things in that excuse me, interview slash press conference. Um, He respects everybody. He has nothing against anybody, but this is strictly due to any religious beliefs. Right. Right. Yeah. So 
it's a fine line, right? And the immediate thing when you told me about it earlier on was, okay, let's look at other themed events um, that not just the NHL, but all leagues put on, right? I think the the classic ones you see across all sports are breast cancer awareness. Uh, for the NBA, it's um, like the Black Lives Movement and stuff because they're a predominantly black league. Uh, with the NFL, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, the tribute to the troops, the army. I think every league does that as well, right? So, and you don't see, you know what? We haven't had a chance to look into it, but I think it'd be interesting to see have any players refused to wear in the NFL, maybe like army related gear or, you know, black lives uh, movement related gear, right? That I think there's way more, um, what's it called? Like sensitivity towards the LGBTQ uh, stuff and not wearing because it's so new, right? And I don't want to say it's getting pushed on people, but it's less comfortable for everybody because it's such a new um, awareness thing for humans, right? Like, for example, military stuff. Like, we've been giving tribute geo to the military for the last hundred years, right? Since the world wars and before. I mean, military has been part of human history for so long. So when, when anyone's like, hey, tribute to the military, do you want to wear a camo hoodie? You, you're not even blinking. You know what I mean? You're just wearing it. Um I guess a good example locally is, you know, when the Canucks went as Diwali, they wear the Diwali uniforms, right? Uh, that's, again, that's like, I guess that's religious, right? It's a it's a Hindu holiday. Um, and Aaron so. was absolutely ecstatic about it. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I wasn't ecstatic about? They were like charging a billion dollars for those um, for those uniforms. But See, that's the thing. That's, yeah, with, with it, yeah, then it becomes a moneymaker. And then, yeah. you know, down the pecking order is the actual support yeah. for the movement. And then there's the financial side. But, but yeah, um, I think that's, I think that's where the massive, like, story breaking out of this is. But, right. I'll, I'll let you give your take on it because I, I feel like I know what direction you're going to go to. But yeah, let's hear what you want to say about it. Yeah, no, I uh, I do appreciate your your point of view on it because you know, quite honestly, Aaron, I'm I'm quite, I would say I'm of two minds in, in this kind of situation. And um, on one hand, to kind of build off of what you were saying, you know, at the end of the day, um, he never said anything about you know um, having anything against people from the LGBT community. He never you know condemned the actual. Um, event of wearing the the pregame jerseys he just simply said I'm not going to take part in that and um, this is the reason why but you know it's not a, a hate-fueled decision um, and at the end of the day you know people want people want freedom of speech and people want to um, you know have um, the liberty to express how they how they feel about something and express um, their beliefs and it's very you know kind of a similar thing would be Colin Kaepernick's um, um, taking a knee you know I, I fully agree with Colin Kaepernick and what he did others didn't but at the end of the day based off of you know where we live and um, our views on human rights is that you are able to participate or not participate in certain social causes that you agree or disagree with that's just so people ripping on him for that 
um, I don't necessarily agree with because you know what? Do let's put it this way: if I was if I was on the Philadelphia Flyers, and let me tell you, I'd have to learn how to skate better and, and definitely be better at hockey. But if I was on the Philadelphia Flyers and um, you know the team was wearing pride jerseys as a warm up and in a pride themed, I I would wear them and have no problem. I don't personally agree with Ivan Provorov's stance. Um, however, I'm not going to condemn him, um, for that. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a double-edged sword really, Aaron. I, I kind of feel like you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. The one thing that I just don't really kind of, and I'm, and, and this is more of me kind of like, um, I guess asking the question as opposed to, um, you know, speaking for Ivan in any way. But um, the thing that I just kind of feel a little bit fishy on is that I, I just kind of feel, you know, if it was something to do with, like, you know, anything else. You know, like, I think recently Toronto Maple Leafs wore some really cool designed Indigenous jerseys for Indigenous um, support. Um, and uh, they were designed by an Indigenous artist and the whole team wore it. I feel like Ivan Proval would be fine with doing that. I feel like he would be fine with wearing a Diwali themed jersey. I feel like he would be, you know, kind of fine with all that stuff. It's just, and also, if you're going to use religion as as kind of your crutch for the reason, I mean, look, I mean, Russian Orthodox Orthodox is a very very strict religion. My mom grew up Russian Orthodox, so my mom was born and raised. Yeah, my mom was born and raised in Ukraine, um, and she moved here when she was 17, and and naturally as part of that. She was um, she was raised Russian Orthodox, and um, obviously she she doesn't practice that now, but she's very familiar with that with the religion. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things. You know, it's very strict. There's I even saw someone post today on Twitter that you know wearing jerseys like, and I don't want to speak out of turn because I could be slightly off here, but basically there's extremely strict rules that to do with sports jerseys and wearing sports jerseys. And I mean, Ivan Provorov does that for a living. So he's kind of, if he's going to fall on the, the excuse that religion is his reason to not wear um, and support a marginalized community um, when he's, you know, you know, he's kind of picking and choosing rules now. So at that point, it kind of gets to me, it kind of dilutes his message a little bit because you know what, then it kind of starts looking like maybe you do have a bit of an issue with the people in the LGBT community, if you're not willing to do a small gesture, but you know, you're, you're breaking other so-called rules in your religion on a daily basis. So that's my take on it. I don't necessarily agree with him, but I don't think he should, people should be kind of coming at him because at the end of the day, just because you don't agree with something doesn't make it okay to, you know, rip someone down if they're not hurting anybody. He's just, that's his decision. I don't agree with it, but I don't. I'm not going to hate on the guy for it. Yeah, and I think the other side to look at it too is, I think there has to be some blame on Provorov here, whether he did or did not know. It's not like Geo, the Canucks decide this week. Hey, you know what? Next week, let's do a Chinese New Year night. Like, no, these planned promotional nights are done, and they're organized at the beginning of the year, right? Um, clear as day. So he right. should have known that's a good point. happening. Maybe there would have been a better way to get that message out. So that's partly on him. Also, there's the money side of things. Because those jerseys are probably going to go on sale and proceeds to donations or whatever. But 
I think the quicker that people understand that the league controls the narrative, um, like just the easier that it'll be. And what I mean by that is the NHL will do what they want. The NBA will do what they want. The NFL will do what they want. They will bend their own rules for the betterment of their own organization. And I think a perfect, perfect example of this uh, is the NFL. Do you remember remember the COVID season in the NFL when games, and I've talked about this before, games were like literally going on every single day. And that was because people were entering health and safety protocols. Remember that? Right. I do. How? Okay. First of all, during the playoffs, were there any games moved? Uh, No. No. How crazy is that? Where literally throughout the season, the NFL is scrambling to move games around. Oh, test a positive for COVID. Health and safety protocols. Um, I forget what it's called when you're close to close contact, right? All that stuff. Oh, you can't play. Can't play. Oh, a couple of these isolations. Um, as soon as the playoffs started, you didn't hear any of that in the NFL, right? You didn't hear, oh. Um, this person missed the Super Bowl due to health and safety protocols. This person missed the AFC NFC title game due to health and safety protocols. You didn't hear any of that because the NFL, probably to be honest, was like, "Screw that! We need the best product on the field when all the eyeballs are watching." And nobody noticed and nobody cared, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And and this and is I mean, it's gonna be the same thing here with um, Provorov. Right, if the NHL handles it the right way, and they will handle it the right way, no one's gonna care one month later about this. You know what? To be honest, no one's even gonna care about this two weeks later. It'll probably be a big deal within that community as well for maybe a couple days to a week, and then after that, let's move on to the next issue. So I think it's just a little yeah, I, yeah, and it's honestly kind of something I, I feel like he. He's kind of, in my opinion, I kind of think he's just kind of bringing more heat onto himself, um, like for for no real reason. I mean, like, look, dude, like you're wearing a jersey for like ten minutes. That's like a rainbow colored jersey. Like, it just kind of seems like a weird hill to die on. Even if you do believe that, like, look, like Artemi Panarin and Igor Shesterkin are both Russian Orthodox, um, and or grew up Russian Orthodox as well. And they wear the pride jerseys. So that's that's kind of like it honestly, like the bigger thing for me, because dude, honestly, like, do I really care about what Ivan Provorov's religious beliefs are? Like, no, that doesn't affect my life and it shouldn't affect anybody else's. He's just a hockey player. Like he's just a guy. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're getting all like upset about it, like it's like, dude, like this guy shouldn't be relevant in your life if you don't agree with him. He's not relevant in my life. Um, I just kind of find it more odd that like he's willing to kind of die on that hill because it doesn't look good on him mostly because I, like, you know, I just, like I said, he's picking and choosing what he wants to prioritize as like part of his religion. And it, you know, when you kind of get caught up in that hypocrisy, it does look a little bit like you have some issues against the LGBTQ community and whether or not that's the case, like, it's just it feels like a weirdly small gesture that he for some like for a very dumb reason brought bad press onto himself for no reason. I don't know why he would take that stand unless he really felt strongly against the community. 
Um, but again, it's not worth, we could be here, you know, for hours, you know, talking about this issue and, and how it relates to the bigger scale of things in the world. I just kind of find it, if we're talking, this is a sports podcast, and if we're talking about it from a sporting side of things, it just seems like a very odd stance for him to take, um, and, and one that's probably not really necessary um, in the long run. It's just kind of bringing heat onto himself for no reason. So that's that's how I look at it, but, you know, continue to it is what it is. See how it goes, and... I feel like there may be, yeah, there could be other reasons behind it as well. And just before we circle off here to the next segment, um, a, a good, good example, uh, unrelated though, like when the Russian invasion of Ukraine happened and all these Russian athletes were literally, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And all these Russian players, notably Ovechkin, was like, oh, I, I don't know comment well they they have no comment because their family's in russia and if they say i am against what this is see you later to his family his family's in danger so sometimes players are like they can't say what they actually believe and again might be a different case to provrov but like specifically in that case the you know ovechkin and these guys couldn't say anything because it uh, impacts their family back home Right. So, but anyways, that's a great um, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. But and it's like, honestly, yeah. sorry, Aaron, one last thing. Last no thing. Go ahead, man. Um, <laughs> I promise. Just like, uh, just because it sparked in me as you were saying it, like, why? I don't get why people get really upset with what athletes like truly think about. Like, I don't want to sound, I don't want to go offside, but it's not like these guys are like, Super, like I, I would look at like the NHL and be like, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of like super like intelligent guys there that like I agree with and and what they have to talk about. Like they're playing a sport. If these guys have pull on like legislation and other things that affect the country on a large scale, then you can be upset about it, like political figures. But you can't control what everybody thinks. So at the end of the day, just let it roll off your shoulder. He thinks that way. I don't agree with them. You know, it's not going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over Ivan Provorov's beliefs. But anyways, that's just my kind of thing is placing these high stakes into athletes, like social, personal opinions just seems kind of like, why? Who cares? It's it's unfair for them because when people, they're not politicians, they shouldn't have to talk about that. When folks like LeBron and stuff really delve deep into it, you get the comments of, dude, just focus on basketball, man. Like, stop talking about this stuff. Like, Kaepernick, like, dude, just focus on football, man. And then when people right. don't, it's like, dude, use your platform, man. You have so you have a huge following. Like, uh, exactly. It's unfair to them. You, you're exp- every, like a, por- a segment of the population expects one thing, and then the other segment expects the other. So they are damned if they do, and they damned if they don't in a lot of scenarios. But um yeah it is what it is um but aaron let's let's shift gears now um Do some I think NFL. The next... so while uh yeah while what's his name um ivan provorov may be in the hot seat danny dimes is flying here he is on the other side of the spectrum just wheeling and dealing um what a game um, what a game this weekend though against my Philadelphia Eagles. 
I wouldn't be so sure about that. I mean, I do take the I would take the Eagles as the favorite, no doubt. But man, the way those Giants played against uh, the Vikings, that was probably, in my opinion, the second most entertaining game aside from the Jaguars comeback. Uh, what do you what do you what do you think? Can I give though? So on Friday, what did I want? And I made my bracket for the NFL playoffs. So can I share that with uh, with with you guys? Please do. Let's hear it. Okay, so I'll go through the full bracket. So um, I did have. Let's start with the AFC. I did have the Jags over the Chargers, and Geo. I did bet fifty bucks before the game on Jags money line. I had a, I had a, an event to go to, so I was busy, and I didn't know that they were down twenty seven nothing. So when I got home. They were down thirty to twenty. I was like, "Oh, they're they're down 10. Come on, Jags! I did not know what the scoreline was before. So, Jags. What won. they're coming from? <laughs> yeah, I bet the Jags to win. Um, sorry, predicted them to win in my bracket. Jags. I predicted the Bengals. I predicted the Bills. So the AFC for me is clean right now. Um, I do have the Bills beating the Bengals though, and the Chiefs beating the Jags, and then the Bills beating the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC. Out of the NFC, okay. I did have San Francisco beating Seattle. I did have the New York Giants beating Minnesota. But I did have Tampa Bay beating Dallas. So I went five for six in the Super Wild Card. I think that's pretty good. I do have Philly. That's pretty beating, damn good. I do have Philly beating the Giants. Um, I did have the Buccaneers beating the Niners. Um you know, don't. Oh wow! We don't. We don't. You were to, on the Brady bang, we, bandwagon. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. However, my mind gets back to reality. I do think the Eagles would have beaten the Bucks, and clearly they would have. And then, as a homer, I do have the Eagles beating the Bills in the Super Bowl. That's like probably the one area that I might disagree with. I don't think the Bills are going to get past the Bengals. Um, you know what, man. It's going to come down to. I don't think so. The Bills could be a legit dynasty, but their one downfall every single year is stupid mistakes. Like stupid, stupid mistakes. Like against the Dolphins, man, they were up 17 nothing. They had the ball. It was over. Over. And then interception, fumble, penalties. It's like, oh my goodness, man, what is happening? Well, they could have easily lost that game if Miami had Tua. That's what I'm saying. As much as you might not, yeah, yeah, as much as people might not rate Tua. I think it was because of the Bills' mistakes, though, man. Like, dude, the the first 20 minutes of that first half, like, Miami looked like it was done. It was done. Like, it was 17-0. Skylar Thompson was turned into a passer, which you don't really want. (laughs) Or a you know rookie yeah. quarterback first playoff game like second career start you don't want that going against a really good Bills defense and then the Bills like just let them back into it and this is why like you're saying they might lose to the Bengals like this of course they will if they continue to turn the ball over like that well, that's the thing is I mean if if anything if you look off of anything off of the Miami game as a template like they definitely will lose that game if they come out that way I mean. They would have lost it to a at quarterback. Like Shea Thompson played a horrendous statistical game, and they lost by three points. And that just goes to show you how much the that Buffalo shot themselves in the foot throughout that Shea, game. Shea Thompson um, and just Skyler to, Skyler Thompson. Did I say Shea. <laughs> you said Shea, and I was like, "We talking about here?" <laughs> Shea Thompson, somebody. 
Is that somebody? I think I think about Clay Thompson. Maybe. Shooting guard, Golden State Warriors. Maybe. Anyways, yeah, Skyler Thompson. Sorry, Skyler. Um, yeah, like he that just goes to show, in my opinion, how the how Buffalo, you're right, like literally just about choked the game away. Um completely. And if they if they have any and I don't think that they'll have any margin for error. Like, look, I think that there was enough of a quality gap between Buffalo and Miami for Buffalo to survive that because like you know, survive with those mistakes and then still come out on top just because Miami was already shorthanded. And I think Buffalo is, you know, quite a bit better of a team than Miami. Um, but they're not going to get it against Cincinnati. In my opinion, I think it's, it's almost, I think honestly, Cincinnati might be a more well-rounded team. Um, and especially, I, yeah, and especially Buffalo, think, you know, I think Cincinnati is overrated as heck. They shouldn't have made the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, they gave the Rams a good, a good shout. And yeah, they've gone 12 and 4. And yeah, it might sound silly. Um, I think the Bengals are overrated. God damn it. The Ravens should have well, won. The Ravens should have won with Tyler freaking Huntley if that idiot doesn't jump up in the air and expose the ball. Like Right. And I don't and I think you know what? Making the argument that I'm making right now for the Bills. Being in trouble, I could say the same thing about the Bengals. Like they just about lost to. It's funny, both of these teams basically squeaked by to their opponents who had their backup quarterback playing, um, and just about bottled it. Yeah, one thing to focus on Cincinnati: their two starting O linemen are out, so they had the same offensive line uh, starting lineup in the first fifteen weeks of the season. Two starting O linemen are out, so Burrow's protection is gone. That's why he struggled that's, against. That, that is a big, yeah. That's why he struggled against Baltimore. And again, like Baltimore should have won that game. They fumbled. They fumbled the bag that game. Literally fumbled the bag. Um, dumbass. Yeah. God damn it! Oh, <laughs> so angry. Yeah, so and it would be a different story. I think. I think we'd be looking at a Baltimore and Miami matchup if those two teams had their quarterback and and Buffalo and Cincinnati played the way that they did. That's how bad that they they played and got lucky, but um, but let's move on to um the the Giants and Vikings. Um, now that was I know it's interesting. I think Aaron, you and I have shared an opinion throughout the season that you know what the Vikings have done has been impressive on like a record standpoint, but there has been just so much. And I hate saying this because it just sounds like such a lazy analysis, but I think they've been very lucky. Um, in a lot of scenarios where they've gotten victories and certain things have just, just the luck of the draw has kind of, you know, uh, fell their way. Um, and that's not to say like, look, I mean, if you're lucky, you gotta be good to be lucky. You gotta be lucky to be good. And, um, you know, stuff like that happens and, um, you gotta take advantage of it when it does happen. But one thing they were not lucky with was just how the giants, you know, stuck around that entire game. And how, you know, Danny Dimes played just such an incredible role in um, in really leading his team. Um, like, I feel like he really took the Giants here um, and was a leader for them. And I think the guys rallied behind their guy. They felt confident with what he was doing under center. Um, he performed well statistically. And the Giants, honestly, they gutted it out. And I think they have a great coach in Dable. And, um, Amazing you know, coach. They, 
Yeah, and 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 Kirk Cousins continues his trend of being a choker, really, so, uh, when it matters most. So, yeah, um, yeah just what were? You... Sorry, go ahead, man. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. No, so you, no. no you take the floor. You, take the floor. <laughs> you know how they have the Hall of Fame, <laughs> you know, for the greatest players of all time, and well, the Hall of Fame, right? Kirk Cousins, Canton, Ohio, baby. Kirk Cousins will be the poster boy of the Hall of Good. Like, like, uh, like know, just as in, like, just like you're just like you're good, good but not great. You're, you're good, man. Like, you know what? You're not a Super Bowl winner. You're not. You know, you won't make the title game. Yeah, I'll throw for five thousand yards, and your team will go thirteen and three. But you know what? You, you're you're just good. You know, like he's so. Basically, like, what um, you're saying is Kirk, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk just literally is Jimmy Garoppolo. Is what you're saying. Uh, Grapple's like just, well, Grapple's he, below average. Like I think he'd be a fringe Hall of Good, you know, fringe. Kirk Cousins though is like that's a tough shout. Kirk, Jimmy G would went to a Super Bowl final. I mean, come on, Kirk, Kirk Cousins like not first ballot Hall of Good, you know. Um, let, let let's think about let's think about like hockey. Like you know, someone in the NHL who just drops seventy points every single season, and it's like a plus two second line beauty. That's a, that's a hollow get. Like Ryan Kessler is a hollow get, you know, like just really good but not amazing. Right, like a guy that you wouldn't say, oh, that guy's not a hall of famer, but like you know what, he had a pretty sick career. Yeah, like e- like he was a consistent. Yeah, like every Toronto maybe Patrick Leaf player, like Wendell Clark, right? Okay, that's <laughs> an unnecessary comparison. But uh, I was actually going to say Patty Sharp as an example. Yeah, he's a hollow good. Um, yeah. he's just a really good player, and he's. Um, he's done. He's done really well for himself. I mean, actually, the only difference there with him and Kirk is he's actually won on the big scale. He's won a, was, multiple cups, I but was say Darcy but just Parker, as a player himself. A scrub. Hey, that guy has intangibles, Aaron. <laughs> Learn that intangibles are valuable. Okay, but enough of this leaf slander. Enough of this. <laughs> Enough of this leaf slander. Kyle Wellwood, Hall of Good. Um, but moving on. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, and honestly, we got to touch a little bit. That roughing the passer call on the Giants in the last drive against the Vikes, That the NFL is so lucky, Aaron, that the Giants came out of that game and didn't suffer any consequences to that horrific roughing the passer call on Kirk Cousins. I was talking about it with a buddy yesterday and it's truly amazing. Like all these like gnarly injuries that these guys go through, you know, linemen, um, the way their bodies break down, running backs, receivers. And then there's the quarterback who literally is just wrapped in bubble wrap by the league. Um, And that was a shocking, shocking call. And it could have been costly, but uh, I'm glad the giants overcame that. And um, that's one of the things too, like, was it? Is that what we were talking about, Aaron? Is that they, that those should be reviewable? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't. You were saying it should be reviewable. I just think they need to do a better job officiating the call. And the reason, why, if if they were to make it reviewable, there'd be too much or too many question marks slash interpretations of the rule. With too many different- or make it a challengeable play. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even make it a challengeable play. I just think the official because it, I just think they need, they need to adjust the rule, fix the rule. Um, 
again, it was it was a narrative given from the NFL this year for the referees to be really, really on it with the ref and the passer. They've gone way overboard with it. But, dude, it's the same thing as when they made pass interference a challengeable play that lasted one season, and they're like, yeah, to heck with this. It just causes more controversy, believe it or not. Well, you know what it is? I think, like, with, with any rule, Aaron, the reason rules – I think are so polarizing and people get so upset about it. It just goes to show how, how unclear it is and how subjective a rule is. I mean, I think one of the reasons I am so hard on NHL refereeing as an example is it seems like every single day, every single game, like every call is so subjective. Like you look at like a hooking call, a tripping call, a slashing call, a roughing call. Like these things are so subjective that like, it's it's hard to really grasp what the parameters of the rule entail. And then, honestly, I don't want to get into the NHL, but the the stupidest thing in all of pro sports to me, Aaron, is how the NHL clearly has a different rule book for the regular season versus the playoffs. That's ridiculous. And that's where you create confusion. That's where you create irritation amongst players, coaches, and fans because nobody knows what to play by anymore. And that's what's happening in the NFL with the rough in the passer role is that these um, these pass rushers are they don't know what they could do to the quarterback. They know that their job is to sack the quarterback and to get in his face and um, you know sack him as as the number one option and then either force a bad play. But they don't even know what they can do anymore. How to hit him? Where to hit him? How hard to hit him? Where to land? Like it's just such a a, a confusing rule that doesn't have any direction. So if I'm a, if I'm a pass rusher, I'm, I'm, I don't know what the hell I can do. The way they're calling it right now is dumb, really stupid. I don't think it should be a reviewable play though, just cause it'll open up. <coughs> oh, excuse me. It'll open up more like, just, like more cans of worms. It'll turn into a disaster, but I agree with that. I, I agree with that part. I, it's for me. I do feel some sympathy for the officials because it's not like they just started calling this all of a sudden. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to protect our quarterbacks. We love our quarterbacks. You know what? Tom Brady. He's sixty years old. He is. I feel bad for him. This is narrative coming from the NFL. Blame the league for this because before Tua went into like concussion mode and all that jumbo. Yeah, they were roughing the passer calls, but it wasn't nearly as bad. Uh, like, look at the NFL. I mean, the NFL's obviously progressed since the 80s, 90s. But, like, just watch some Troy Aikman highlights. Dude was like a wrecking ball. He was getting murdered every time he was in the pocket. Uh, as soon as the NFL realized, hey, if our starting quarterbacks... Like, think about it, man. Okay, Jackson is out. So, Huntley started. And then who was the other backup? Uh, Two was out. Just imagine you go into an NFL playoffs. Uh, oh, yeah, Josh Allen out, concussion. Patrick Mahomes out, leg injury. Uh, Jalen Hurts out, knee. Ratings, see you later, right? And that ratings equals money. So NFL is just protecting their pro- like their property, and they're protecting their product and the valuable pieces that make their product so successful and generate the most money. If, oh, if Jason Kelsey goes down tomorrow... For the Eagles, oh, that sucks because he is the best center in the NFL. Does does anyone else be like, oh, Jason Kelsey's not playing? I'm not going to watch this game. Yeah, I want to see. Who, it, it'd probably be Travis that would say that, right? But like, <laughs> people, are, 
still going to watch. My brother better be there. If it like if the Chiefs are playing, let's think about this too in the regular season. The Chiefs are playing like the Texans, right? Mahomes versus whoever. People are just going to watch for the tech, uh, for the Chiefs and Mahomes to go off. They're not going to watch for Davis Mills. But let's say Mahomes is injured now and it's their backup. Like no one's going to watch that game. Right? So it's all about the quarterback. And I understand the protection of them, but this is way too far. And I think the quarterbacks hate it too. They hate that they're being treated like babies. Yeah, I think, um, look, I think quarterbacks, hey, like if they get a good uh, rough in the passer call and it's third and 10 and they know it's a softy, I mean, they're going to take it. Like, you know, it's just there's too much, too much at stake, especially in the playoffs. But I agree. I think it's just... Again, it creates it creates too much confusion for everybody, and um, you know, despite the fact that um, you know the quarterback is is one of the most important positions um, in the game, it bears the question, Aaron, that um, if qu- this quarterback, Danny Dimes, aka Danny Jones, his real name is Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones is is his nickname. Um, <laughs> is Danny Dimes? Heading into next season, Aaron, as a top five fantasy quarterback, in your opinion, who would you rate him over? Because he's not going over Mahomes. He's not going over. Right there is the- a health, a healthy. Now that's the question mark. A healthy. Let's assume they're all healthy. Mahomes. Let's all assume health. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. No. Josh Allen. No. Jalen Hurts. No. Um, now this is the next area. Joel Burrow, what I drafted. That's why five. No. Trevor Lawrence, even. See, I don't know. See, and you know what's, you know what's funny, Aaron is, is that's that's how you gotta, you know, decide this list is you gotta look at the quarterbacks and see, and that's why I think top five was such a perfect question to ask because I had this debate with a friend of mine yesterday, and we were looking through the quarterbacks, and we did just what you did in our thought processes. There's, there are, in in my opinion. Um, definitely quarterbacks ahead of them that are locks that you just can't touch. I think, like you said, Jalen Hurts, yes. Patrick Mahomes, yes. Josh Allen, yes. Um, And then Lamar Jackson, I mean, hell, we don't know where the hell he's playing, but assuming that he's in a good spot, yes. Um, But then it gets into guys like Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and whether or not you want to take him over those guys or, or or you want to take those guys over him, it does bear discussion in mind. And look, I think Daniel Jones from a and this is a remember guys, fantasy perspective. I mean, I still I think Daniel Jones is really beginning to develop and finally kind of break out into um, you know, a legit, legit higher end QB as opposed to kind of a middling average quarterback. Um but if you look at Daniel Jones, he is a rushing threat. This guy can run the ball, and he's not afraid to run the ball. And that's massive for any fantasy perspectives. And um, I think it does depend, too, what the Giants do in the offseason. Are they going to give him more weapons? Because if you look at his receivers, Aaron, it's not like he has like that great of a core. Like They're solid, but it's not like he doesn't have like Travis Kelsey or... Um, AJ Brown or Devonta Smith um, or Christian Kirk, like he has decent guys. Like he has, you know, Darius Slayton's a good receiver. Um, you know, he's got Saquon out of the backfield that is pretty dynamic. But if they give him some more weapons, 
and he continues to develop. He continues to have support, and he runs that ball. I'm taking him at five over the likes of Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, who I think are more limited as pocket QBs. Still top-end QBs, but from a fantasy perspective, I think Daniel Jones is really starting to break through as a higher-end passer. And on top of that, I think he has a much superior rushing game than those two QBs. So that's where I think he does actually break into the top five for me. Um, but that's just that's just my opinion on it. We need to save that clip and play it next year when Daniel Jones is outside the top ten. So. Well, I mean, if we look at him this year, and he he came, he actually did slot in at number ten this oh. year. But you know who slotted in at number five? Geno Smith. So okay. I mean, it was a weird year. Um, yeah, I would I would take over Daniel Jones, Lawrence, and Burrow, and Justin Fields, and Justin Herbert. I uh, see, like. See, I don't get – okay, Herbert is a, is a good shout. I can understand that debate. But these guys that are saying Justin Fields, I mean, okay. Look, Justin Fields is very impressive in on a team that was god-awful. Um, but let's 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 relax a little bit here. It's not like he was he, – he still has his, – his passing game and his pocket game needs a lot of refinement, rightfully so because he's young. Um, but I don't know. I think I would still take – I think Justin Fields will, in two, three years, might even be a top five guy himself, top three guy himself, but not right now, the unless the Bears go nuts. The field's wagon, man. Like, I... Bears, maybe, Bears maybe. Some protection. If they get him a decent O-line... That's what I mean. Oh my God, watch out for the Bears. Like... Oh, and that's the thing you have to... That's that's huge. That's huge. It's figuring out what these teams will do in the off season, because if they bulk up his O-line and maybe give him a receiver or two to like work with alongside Cole Komet, like, yeah, dude, maybe he, he will be, but um, it's all about, that just goes to show how important it is the team building around a quarterback. Jalen hurts exploded onto the scene um, as if, as, as a top two fantasy quarterback top three fantasy quarterback because he's got one of the best old lines best receiving threats and he's a runner himself so it does matter a lot what the team does to insulate these type of talents and 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 see if whether or not they can translate that to a strong fantasy um relevance and we forgot about mile high man broncos country it's redemption oh season well could you imagine, man? I mean, who knows? What if uh, what if Sean Payton joins him? Uh, but according to sources, by the way, Jim Harbaugh has yeah. um, notified the Broncos that that he is not coming back to the NFL. So probably a little greasy move on his part to try to get some contractual leverage. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta greasy, do. Greasy, um, Jim. Oh, Jim. James but, Harbaugh. Um, right? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, James. Born, it is born James. Jim. <laughs> There's no way he came out of his mother's womb and she's like, I this is Jim. This is I gotta, Jim. I find, I'm putting I gotta Jim. find out here. Let's see. Let's 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 go on the good old. There's no chance. No chance in hell. Yeah, his name's James Joseph Harbaugh, you sicko. There's no <laughs> chance that <laughs> any mother 
would go through labor and then be like, yeah, I'm going to put J-I-M on this kid's birth certificate. <laughs> how, about, how about Jim from American Pie? Was he also Jim too? or was he? I think every Jim is James. I think it's like the same thing as like, like if your name's Thomas and they call you Tom, like no one's named Tom. Well, maybe. Tom, I did. Tom, Hanks. Eh. Tom Hanks? <laughs> or how about um, oh, what's Thomas Jeffrey Hanks? Like nobody's. Yeah, no one's named Bill. Like no one, no one's just like no one's are just saying, Bill. Are you I, saying William. William Belichick is his name? My, I mean, he's if if there's anybody whose mom had them and was like, oh my god, this is a bill from day one. It's Bill Belichick, William Stephen Belichick. Everybody else, I'm, yeah, named okay. his son after his. I'm middle calling name. him William from now on, and on this podcast. But yo, did you guys see? We should call Will. him Will Will Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is so funny. Now Will he be find all the? How about Pete Carroll? Is he like Peter Carroll? Oh well, obviously. Peter Clay Carroll. His name is like. Ew, Clay. What's it? What's another? Like, how does that, f- dude? How does that flow? Peter Clay oh, like Carroll. Mike McDaniel. Do you think his middle name's like Pervert or something? Or? Herbert. Like from Family Guy. <laughs> well, I said, I said Pervert. <laughs> that guy looks. That looks scary with the two gone. I want to be one of the one want to be around him. Who else is another coach out there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think everybody. Andy Reid has Andrew Reid. Is it Andrew? He does not look like an Andrew. It has to be Andrew. He looks like an Augustus. There's no way he Augustus doesn't. Augustus Reid. He does. Or like an Abe. <laughs> A breed. Are we bad people? Probably. But you know what? I think that they would probably do Andrew Walter Reed. <laughs> Walt he looks like a Walter. Have you have you seen that video? He looks like have a Walter. Video of Andy Reed when he is like thirteen years old and is at that uh that challenge. It's like throw, run, catch or whatever, and he's like six two, like three hundred pounds at thirteen years old, and he's just dwarfing these little kids. Have you seen that? I have not. <laughs> it's so funny. He's just a mammoth. Like, he's literally double the height of everyone else. It's like, you know when you watch wrestling and you just see Big Show against Rey Mysterio? That's what it looks like. Just hovering over kids. I love it. I love Andy Reid. He is a, a legend. He also loves food. Um, but I know, I know you wanted to talk about food, my man. Oh, man. Um, obviously who doesn't love food? I mean, you know, we've all got our favorite meals and, um, cuisines and whatnot, but I was thinking about this, Aaron, and the reason we, we, you and I probably have, uh, have slacked the past few days on the, uh, the podcast is we were, you know, out on the weekend having a little bit of fun. Um, this is a joke with, um, I mean, right before you got sick, you were you were getting after it. So don't even joke. I was in bed recovering. Uh, I value this. Where were were we on Friday? At, oh yeah, we were we were together on Friday night, and then uh, at, at our buddy Ricardo's. Um, 
Ricky, our guest host from, uh, despite his knowledge of soccer, it doesn't translate to FIFA very well, but you know, um, the next night on Saturday, you and I both went out and, um, you know, we were in different parts. Yeah. Did you you not go downtown on back in Vancouver on Saturday night? But then I was, uh, I was sick. Oh, I thought you went, I thought you went out after that. You said you went to Belmont. You were, you were snaking me out on live TV here, Gio. But I also, well, I also was I mean, sick. I think I was 20... sick, like during that. I don't know why I went there actually. Oh, uh, well, I was at, um, anyway, I was at a karaoke bar in Vancouver. And then before that, I was at a brewery for a good friend's birthday. But, um, at the end of the night, as as most of us do at the very end, we're feeling, uh, you know, a little bit lighter, giggly, um, maybe not walking, st- maybe not walking. <laughs> Me just like, oh my god! Um, but uh, you know, we're not walking straight. We're you know wobbling, wobbling around to our taxis or, or Ubers or whatever, but. One thing that I think a lot of people can relate with is that we get we get quite the growl on after uh, after a night out, and and this made me think, Aaron. After a night of uh, of consuming drinks with friends, what is your go to food after drinking? We've all got one. Um, I feel like everyone's got something that they're just like, you know what? I could really go for this. I am starving right now. It is three a.m. I'm in Gastown, I'm in Yale Town, wherever the hell you are, and you're thinking to yourself, I need something to eat. Where's where, your go-to? I got two. And for the OGs out there, oh, chicken, yes. chicken. Connoisseur. Chicken. 24 hours, never to But It's a great uh, show, Dan. It's a great show. Chicken. You get that three-piece coupon, you sub your drink for jalapeno bombers, and you get an apple pie on the side. For the guys listening, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you are smiling right now. <laughs> you know exactly what oh, yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> the second choice. Oh, yeah, for the churches. It's got to be spicy. You ain't getting no regular chicken. You're getting spicy. Uh, and my second choice is, it's got to be shawarma, man. Got to get that. I personally like the shawarma plates over the wraps. Uh, but, yeah, I get myself a chicken shawarma plate. Yeah, Aaron, that's a great shout on the shawarma. Um, that's my go-to as well. Um, for me, it's, uh, you know, I really like lamb um, just in general. Aaron and I have a wonderful, wonderful place that we like. Shout out to Minerva's in uh, in Vancouver for braised lamb shoulder. That's Greek. But um, for a shawarma, I don't really, I can't get on board with the lamb from, from a shawarma place. I don't know if it's they do it differently or something. I, I, I just doesn't agree with me. So I like the beef and I just like the Lebanese style hummus um, or hummus um, rather um, and just load it up with what whatever they got in there. Whatever whatever the guy behind the counter wants to put in it, he, he, he has free reign at that point. Um, so you sound, shawarma, you sound like Zohan. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do, man. Whatever he wants to do, um, I'm on board. And um, yeah, it's funny. Funny little quick story here, um, just to kind of end off. But um, uh, that night, Aaron, um, when I got home, we were probably home at around 3 a.m. or so. Um, and 
uh, my girlfriend, Cam, uh, we were both, uh, you know, um, staying over in Tawasin, um, the town that we grew up in. And um, we were staying there and, and we were just like, oh man, like, we're so hungry right now. Um, and I just, you know, I was like, you know what? We got to skip the dishes. We got to make this happen. So we skipped the dishes, uh, A&W, and got a team burger. Each got a team burger. And she went with the classic fries, but I had to get my onion rings, Aaron. Um, I love me some onion rings. And I'll tell you what, I fell asleep um, before it came. And then Cameron woke me up when it came. And I just woke up and I scarfed it down. And I brushed my teeth and I went to bed. And let me tell you, it saved my ass the next day. Because I'm telling you, if I didn't have that to soak up what was going on in my stomach from from everything I consumed that night, might have been a much worse uh, morning after. So, yeah, honestly, shawarma for me, um, like I said, I agree with you there. I'm going to try the church's chicken uh, because I love fried chicken and that sounds... That sounds money. You got, you got to go to the churches, man. But I think our viewers would love to hear your um, A and W story. So I think they'll be super pumped after hearing the description and the detail you gave and how you scarfed that down. Thanks, Joe, for putting that. I hope so. I hope I can inspire people out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great, great way to end off. I just. Just envisioning you scarfing down onion rings. That's, but like, that's, and then that's amazing. Immediately after, from like asleep, you know, I was sleeping and snoring, and then um, I'm woken oh, up. Snoring, snoring. Okay. Yeah. Oh, easily. I snore every night, man. I, I'm, it's unfortunate reality of mine. But um, yeah, it was. I'll just put it this way: it was worth it. Um, so you know what, Aaron, I might um. I might have the exact same uh, same setup as you when it comes to uh, you know a night out and and some of the food after because that church's chicken sounded amazing. But I digress. This isn't a food podcast. This is a sports podcast, and we are out of time today, guys. But um, glad we could share those stories with you, and um, you know, glad we could talk about what we talked about today. We'll be back tomorrow, Aaron. We got so much more to talk about, which is just the best. You know, we got the Vancouver Canucks, um, you know, I believe it was today um, or yesterday, was it? that uh, the, the management team came out, Jimmy Rutherford there, and just basically made things way worse. Um, and now there's reports coming out of some a lot of changes going down there. We'll cover all of that tomorrow. We'll also get into um, some uh, uh, some soccer. We're going to jump across the ocean. I know we said we might do that today, but we'll save that for tomorrow. We'll jump to Italy, into England, um, and then we'll also go to the six and talk about our wraps. So stay tuned for that. Big, big one. I'm excited. Awesome. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>